Linux OTC. Welcome to episode 16. We're your hosts. I'm Bill. I'm Eric. I'm Majid. I'm Leo. Well, full cast crew today. Um, Norbert from split a, into well, two where's people. Where's Norbert there? Well, no, well, he split into two people. He's I say you. full because it's fi- it's filling up my entire window here. All right, okay. <laughs> That's the only criteria I was going by. Um, uh, Norbert couldn't be with us. I'm not real sure why, so let's make something up. Um, ah, hell, he's shitting through the eye of the needle again. How's that? Why not? Better than um, a screen door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Maybe yeah. maybe he's got COVID as well. Oh ah. well, then he's got no excuses because Leo is suffering with that, and he's here. Oh yeah. well, I've I've been suffering. I'm on the tail end of the suffering. So uh, yeah. Oh, I I, th- I hope I'm on the tail end of the suffering. We'll see how long this goes. So yeah. I have officially never had COVID. I work in a hospital. I work with COVID patients. I have never once tested positive. It's a positive. lie. It's a lie. No, m- my theory is that I, I must have antibodies. I must have antibodies. That I've, you know, maybe some exposure that, you know, subclinical, whatever. Because as I said, I've I've tested many times when I have had coughs and colds. And, you know, it, it did kind of affect my self-esteem slightly. That not even a global pandemic virus wanted to choose me. Well, so doesn't it make I, I, sense that people working in healthcare professions might be just because of the level at which you are uh, exposed to these things, you might have above average um, immune system? I don't know. It makes sense in my life. Actually, head. is that a thing? I've always heard that, you know, let your kids eat dirt and, you know, be exposed to germs. Worked for me, it builds by their... golly. Generation well, I mean, X. And me too, but I don't know. Was that actually true? Like, if you had. Uh, is there a study or something? Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, it, there, there isn't any studies, but it's one of these things that kind of does make sense to a point. You know, it's like one of the reasons that uh, allergies have become so much more common is it's thought of because uh, people aren't exposed to as many germs when they're kids. And then when they get older, they have these kind of massive reactions to them. Well, the way um, I see it, right, is that like if you lift a lot of weights... It doesn't mean that you're the hardest puncher in the world, but you probably punch harder than someone that doesn't lift weights at all. So eating dirt, lifting weights. I mean, mm. yeah. I mean, yeah. As I said, it's it's one of these things that you, you could never do a study on it because it's, apart from the fact you'd never get ethical approval for yeah. eating dirt to Listen, kids. kid, uh, on these little goldfish, I've added a sprinkle of dirt and then we're yeah. going to check you in a year. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's never gonna happen. But I think, uh, yeah, from a f- uh, path uh, pathophysiological viewpoint, kind of makes sense, but only up to a point. You know, it's not like you know, if you live in a, if you literally live in a cesspit, I don't care how good your immune system is, you're gonna catch something. I was just gonna say, is dirt commonly full of germs by itself, or? Well, like I mean, I mean, there's germs everywhere. I mean, the, the I, there was a dentist I used to work with whose famous line was, you know, the mouth is dirtier than the anus when he came, when he came to Some bacteria. are worse than others. <laughs> well, and that, that's a good point, too, because I think the most dangerous microorganisms to us are from other people, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, that's that, may, that would make sense. So dirt in and of itself 
and there might be something in there that might make you sick, you know, like make you want to get it out of your system, but I don't hmm. know necessarily. I mean, I grew up on a, a cattle farm, would run around barefoot all summer, and yeah, I'd get the occasional parasite or something like that just because, hey, that's what you're in for, pink eye, you know, that kind of thing. But no, I, I like you said, Bill, I mean, maybe that helped me, but then again, at 40, I developed leukemia, so <laughs> so I'm guessing it didn't help me too much, or at least it only helped me for a limited time. <laughs> leukemia is Take something. That. My, my dad caught leukemia in the 90s, and then took a pill and it went away and then it came back again and he went up to the University of Chicago Hospital which is a huge apparently a huge medical training place whatever and had some kind of some kind of bone marrow transplant thing where they cultured his own cells and put them yeah. back yep. in it took like a month and that that should have killed that disease should have killed him but it didn't he lived on until 2018 where he passed away of old age I heard a comedian once say, "You don't get the parents you want <laughs> to stay alive. You got you got two parents. One of them's gonna die young, and the the other one is never gonna die. They're just gonna linger." But yeah, that was. But I'm bad. sure you guys got along famously, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> now no. we we I put the effort in. He put the effort in, but we were. Two very conflicting personality types, and it happens. Well, and well, was it actually that you were both exactly the same, and that's why? Oh, you I'm couldn't. not hearing that. I'm not <laughs> because that's because that that's often. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it is true. We just turn right, into our parents. We do just turn oh, into our parents. God. All right, let's change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is supposed Bill. to be Linux OTC. We're supposed yeah. to be talking about GNU slash Linux. We're not oh, supposed to be psychoanalyzing Bill. Sometimes I think I should have put the OTC part first. <laughs> look inward, Bill. Just look yeah, inward. look inward, and you'll find God. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, you'll find your dad. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, the, uh, you're all dead to me. Yeah. I mean, that's what Simba <laughs> found in the Lion King. Remember? That's what Simba exactly. found in the Lion King yeah, when he went racing was... and he looked into the thingy, and then it was Mufasa. Remember? So. Ch comparing my dad to Mufasa is a rather stretched analogy, to say it kindly. <laughs> okay. There you go. A, 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 a random fact. Do you know who the voice of Mufasa was? Yes. Oh, yeah. James Earl Jones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was fantastic. The guy, same guy as Darth Vader. Fantastic. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it was Darth Vader. What do you mean? Yeah. Everybody knows that. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't know if everybody knew that. I, I, okay, fine. fine. Well, he was right, on well. an episode of uh, Big Bang Theory where Sheldon was following him around or something like Darth that. Darth Vader. They, well, James Earl Jones. <laughs> oh, Mufasa. Yeah, and uh, James Earl Jones said, you know, I was in more things besides Star Wars. I was in this and this and this, but you don't care about any of that, do you? And here's Sheldon. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, dear. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's get into a little bit of... Uh, I'm kind of interested to see the back and forth we get here. Um, in a continuation of last, well, not last week's episode. It's been about a month, hasn't it? Um, August 13th. Episode 15, we talked about bloat, and Leo was very opinionated about, well, his take on bloat, and that which sparked a conversation on Discord between him and Eric. Uh, who we a very nice stopped at opinionated, you know. Yeah. Leo is a very, very opinionated. 
a very nice discussion. I feel like it went well. No, it was. It was. It was. It was. And we actually had a very constructive discussion about using launchers instead of old school menus and how that gets you past what Leo was calling bloat. Um, now, my, my dis- fundamental disagreement was that I'm just a little too OCD. And I know people throw that word around and I, I, I apologize to anyone that actually <laughs> suffers from that. But what I mean is that I do use menus. And unfortunately, if you use something like GNOME, where their overview is just a, you know, let's just throw all the icons there. You know, that that could always, it's never going to go wrong, right? And give give people no way to sort things or, you know, you know the only thing you can really do is They have folders now, though. You, they oh, have, yeah, you're right. That, that's You're right. They fixed it. I forgot. Folders. <laughs> well, Look, it, there was, you can have that multiple folders the yeah. same I mean, way that you have in menus and, you know, throw accessories in the accessories <laughs> and you throw the yeah. I mean, you can even make it even more complicated. <laughs> I remember actually the first uh, iterations of Gnome Shell, you know, the first Gnome 3, they did actually have like a tab bar on the side of all the different, you know, app, uh, applications, internet, software, whatever. But then they got rid of it. Well, that because... was a favorites bar. That's on the bottom now. Yeah. Well, so my point being that if you have something like a distro that installs all the GNOME games, <clears throat> excuse me, GNOME games, for example, you know, that's like 15 different things that I have no interest in playing. So the bloat to me is I don't want those icons there because they complicate my access to the things that I actually do want. And so Leo was just so vehemently like, well, it's not bloat. And like, you're, you just leave it alone. And like, you know, he just kept going on and on. You, and I'm sitting here like you yelling at my it. phone. like. <laughs> so if it's there and you never see it because you don't touch the menu because you're using something like U-Launcher or right. Albert or K-Runner or something like that, then you it's like, it's like it's there, but you never even know it's there. I think like on the phones, for example, the thing that irritates me is when I've got an app I never use and it sends a push notification once a day or something like that and I've got to go and do whatever I want. No, I now we doing. go scorched earth. Now it's over. Listen, don't <laughs> hey. talk to me. I if so, you right. be there, uh I've I've had a Samsung device before. I can have the eight thousand apps there that you can't uninstall. It's a thing, I guess. But don't talk to me. Don't do that. Right. Just yeah. pre- make like a hole in the air and you're not there, you don't exist, that kind and of I thing. Guess, I guess it just must be in particular to the way that I use devices because I, I do have shortcuts and I have favorites and all of that stuff, but there are still things that I don't use on a regular basis that I will legit forget the name of. It's been like, God, I, what is that? I, I know it does this thing and uh, it's some dumb, clever name because they thought they were funny and like, uh, what is oh, it? No, and that, then I have to go and <laughs> <laughs> then GNOME, GNOME is the desktop for you because they removed the names for everything. Right, now. right, exactly. <laughs> Files, that'll work out fine. Uh-huh. You know, so yeah, I tend to have to dig into a menu system of some sort. And it, you, phone is a good example as well. If I have too many apps on my phone, it just drives me crazy. Um, so yeah, for, for someone like me, and I have to assume that I am not <laughs> not that big of a minority, but I do, I do appreciate both sides of the argument. I, I do use a launcher, and I use it, you know, all the time, like literally probably ninety five percent of the time. And I don't have to look at the menu, which is why GNOME's overview isn't that annoying. If I had to go through that every single time, and I know you're going to say, "Oh, well, 
you can just hit the super key and start typing. Well, yeah, but that's like, it brings up a, a whole big screen and then it's filtering as I'm typing and it's just, it's ugly and I don't like it. And so that's why a launcher is, is a better option. Um, I'm using you launcher, you know, I it's fine. I, I think it comes down to workflow and what you're used to using. Um, so in one sense, I've been a little bit perplexed by the insistence that uh, that a lot of people have that, oh, we need to have a menu button and a menu button pressed, you know, like we used to with Windows 95. And in one sense, uh, I'm a bit kind of like, do we need it really? I mean, okay. Um, so. Well, Mac hasn't had one for a okay. long time. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a... a let me put it, let me put it this way. Mac is a good the the Mac and the iOS is a good case study actually in this. In that, if you have an, if you've been working with computers for a very long time and you have a particular muscle memory and you do things in a particular way, right? Then that's the way that you want to keep doing it. If on the other hand, you your computing journey started at a different point along that line, then you are, may not necessarily see the point of that. Um, or if you are at the, what I would say it's probably now the majority, especially outside of the developed world, the majority of people's access to the internet and to computers is their mobile phones and their mobile devices. And so it is Android and iOS. And you see them having real difficulty when they actually have to use a laptop. You know, it's all about what they're used to using. So like for even, even yesterday, my wife was trying to open a, uh, a PowerPoint on her phone and I was just like you know you can just open your laptop and do this because no, I'm just used to doing it here yeah. you know or like my uh, brother-in-law he was you know doing his rotor for the duty rotor for the doctors at his hospital in India and he was doing it on his phone and I'm just like wouldn't this be so much easier if you just opened your laptop and just see did, you did and I that? think that same way my wife does the same thing I'll see her and I feel like she's struggling because I'm like, yeah. she's trying to zoom in on a screen. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the school records. I'm doing something. I'm like, just go sit at your computer. Uh, she sees her computer now as basically an appliance. Like she's, she sits down, she uses the programs that she uses to work and, and do her, you know, tasks, whatever she needs to do. And she gets some and walks away. Now, admittedly, she is not a technical person by any stretch of the imagination. And she is so happy that I'm part of her life because anytime she has a problem with anything, she's just like, here, <laughs> fix yeah. this. You know, with her phone, with her computer, whatever it is, her car, like it doesn't matter, just fix this. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, and I, I can appreciate that perspective, but I agree with you where it's like, that would be so much easier with a keyboard and a mouse and a monitor and you could just skid it all on the screen and I get it done. I go over this with the, the other yeah. guys on Three Fat Truckers all the time because yeah. like 99% of their interaction is on the mobile devices and I'm, I'm trying to explain how to yeah. do something. And I, I, when, I get a, when I get my phone, and I got a decent sized phone, I got a big Note 10 Plus with a huge screen, but whenever I have, I have to do anything important on it, I feel like chucking it out the window and then... So that's the part. That's it. my point. You see, my point is it's about workflow. It's about yeah. what we're used to. So when we uh, started using computers and started using them regularly and then getting involved into technology and all the other aspects, you know, it was a time when you used a laptop or a desktop computer. Um, and you know, the operating system of the time, you know, Windows or whatever, had that menu button kind of 
paradigm. And so that's kind of the way that those people think. When you get when you get people say, for example, who are still techies, nerds, as it were, but they're say significantly younger, you know, in their twenties or whatever, you know, then you uh, you see that they have a different workflow. I've seen them on Macs doing development and stuff like that, and it just annoys me. But you know, and when I did to get my first, well, I want to explore that. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why does that irk you? So it's because it's workflow. It's because it's not what I'm used to. So because in your in everybody's mind, the way that you do things, you think is the right way because that's the way you do it, right? So when you see people do things a different way, your first reaction to it is a bit of, well, they're doing it wrong. They're not doing it wrong. They're just doing it the way that they're used to doing it, the way that their mind and their muscle memory and whatever uh, makes them want to do it. Um, you can train yourself to do things differently, you know, the Apple way, or actually I would say the GNOME way. You know, it's interesting actually that I, it has now become, the reason why I'm using a launcher on my Mint box at the minute is because I've used GNOME distros for so long that I've just got used to pressing the super key and typing F-I, oh, Firefox, press, that's it, keep going. Mm. You know, I've, I've got into that now, right? You know, GNOME has managed to mold me into that direction. Now, I reckon most people who use Mac or iOS have been molded to you to do things the Apple way. You know, like their way of, of um, uh, installing applications. You download the DMG and then you move it from this file here to this folder here and then it installs. You know, to me, that seems really clunky and stupid. It is. But, it is. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. But, wait, wait, wait. You would, you would, how, hold on. So what's the alternative? I'm not saying that there is an alternative. What I'm trying to say is that what people are comfortable with and what people uh like to do and behave with when it comes to their computers is dependent on their past experiences and where yeah. they started in that journey do you know what i mean i, I, just, like, I just saw eric jump on that real fast yeah no i mean so <laughs> I, the point is like there's some people right uh one of the major advan uh draws that i've seen for some people to linux is the fact <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're gonna want to see the YouTube version of this show first. Yeah. Um, is the, the, the is the fact that Linux has app stores? Yeah, and they're used to the idea of an app store because they have one on their smartphone. But that, but that's so the, are Apple users, though. I, I think I think a lot of Mac OS and especially iOS users are used to that paradigm. The the same paradigm that yeah. we have in Linux that. Mm. You don't have most Linux users getting into the command line to install applications. You, right. They open up the store, they find Audacity, they click install, and then they run the application. Yeah. It is the Which, same workflow in, in Mac OS and iOS, and it's the same workflow now more and more in Windows. In Windows, yeah. yeah. No, but, but, I, but even that is relatively new when it comes to Windows. You know, Microsoft sure. realized that, oh, we need to have a store as well, and we need to monetize this. But it's still people, again, say maybe of a slightly older generation, like one of my cousins, if I ask him that he needs to download a new uh, piece of software, he goes to the website and downloads an EXE because that's what he's yeah. used to doing and that's what he has done since time immemorial. And even though there's now a better way of doing it, even on Windows, he doesn't do it that way. Better in inverted commas, you know. Uh, so so it's, it is all very subjective, right? I think... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of the... It is difficult to have... You can't be objective about stuff like this. These are tools, and everybody will prefer one tool 
to another tool. It's like, you know, I was explaining this to one of the medical students the other day that, you know, um, surgeons will, you know, say, I want that stitch and I want that knife and I want that this or that, I want this, that. Why? It's because those are the tools that they're used to using to perform yeah. that procedure. And yeah. it, it could be very well done with another set of tools. Yep. But because that person isn't used to using those set of tools, he's going to say, no, that's the wrong way of doing it. Yeah, I, I actually just had surgery and you, I couldn't believe whenever they were talking about, oh yeah, well he uses this and he does it this way. And I'm like thinking, well, isn't there sort of a, like a way <laughs> that everybody does it? And they're like, no, 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 everybody, you know, he, he uses this specific type of, you know, clamp and tool and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And we have to know him as a physician, as a surgeon, what his preferences are. Uh, so that we can assist him properly. And it's like, wow, let's, but, but to go back to your point. So I, I was in software development for a long time, um, not a developer myself, but more in the sort of the management uh, product manager side of things. <clears throat> and I think this isn't going to be a surprise to anyone, but it is almost impossible to please everybody. Right. And that's what I think the developer of a desktop environment, if you can imagine the monumental task of taking feedback from all of these different sources and all these different people. I mean, God, it comes down to even just like single click versus double click. The fact that Katie well, no, is that changing. One was always wrong. That was well, always, it was yeah, always wrong. I, that it, I'm with I agree Leo with on you. that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you too. I think single click made no sense whatsoever. They could tell me that I'm supposed to use that little checkbox or whatever. It never felt right because that's not how I used a computer. But the fact that they announce it as part of a release, you know, like the fact that that's even an important detail tells you like how specific people's preferences are and how important the most minute thing. And like, that is who cares <laughs> about single versus double click, but it's that the important. KDE and developers so, for sure. Well, okay. I was satisfied when they put that on the front page, <clears throat> they gave you a way to change that on the front page. of Yes. The system yeah. settings i was satisfied with that because i just kind of figured that was a design right bubble up ux right experience there. yep yeah i that. mean this is why i've sometimes thought that actually and and this is actually going to be the opposite i suppose one of the things that everybody says about kd is that it's bloated inverted commas it's actually uh -oh. not anymore I, no no but actually it all it does is just give you the option to use the computer in the way that you want to you know, yeah. I, I have managed, uh, I have managed in the past and I'm not, a, you know, it's not like I use KD all the time, but I have used KD for a time and then been able to make it look like Windows, make it act like Windows, or if I want, make it act like GNOME or if I make it act like Mac OS, depending on how I felt I wanted to interact with the computer. Now, you could argue, why are you spending your time sorting that out when you should actually be doing some proper work? and actually using the computer. But hey, we're Linux nerds and we like to tinker and that's why we're kind well, of here, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a virtual space, a desktop, but you have to look at it all the time. So, I mean, that's the argument, right? That's, yeah. And, and this, I probably would not be as big a Linux user as I am today, desktop Linux. I used it on the server. That's a completely different experience. But on the desktop, the choice, the freedom of choice, the ability for me to pick up that taskbar and put it wherever I want, or, you know, all of those little tiny choices that I could make is exactly why when I'd go back to Windows, it would just be like, 
or Mac. Mac has no choices. Oh, Almost ma- none. I could, I could not, I could not. So, um, anybody who was listening to, been listening to my ramblings on Minkcast will know that I, I've been try. I feel like if I, if I, has anybody watched, uh, no, uh, sorry, read 1984, the novel, and there's the thing at the uh, oh, yeah. uh, at the end of it where Winston, you know, looks at Big Brother and realizes that he does love Big Brother, you know, right. um, yeah, and. I so I you know I get, I thought to myself you know what let's try this Mac let's try this Mac OS let's try this that everybody seems to think is fantastic and the Apple way is brilliant and blah 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 and it, I I barely lasted twenty four hours on Mac OS before I was like okay let me try and put Arch on here that was with my I, I think I think you're digging too deep I don't think people think well okay there are some people that do right but yeah I don't think the majority of people that are using Mac OS are like oh wow Mac OS is brilliant no I think what they think is I can run my app on this, click, click, yeah. and then they're off. Right. Yeah. Doing and, work. I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, uh, and so anyway, I, uh, the, the second Mac that I bought was the M1 MacBook Air. And I must say, when it comes to appliance style battery longevity, it was amazing. I, I charged the thing like once every two weeks. Yep. You know. Um, and that's, that's I, the way you have to think about Mac is it is exactly that. It's an appliance. It's someone like my wife who just, I mean, she doesn't use Mac because she was an iOS, she was a Mac 9, you know, OS 9 user mm-hmm. before they went to 10. She she did everything spatial. Like that was Mac's party piece. And when they went to 10, they really alienated a lot of people. Anyway, um, but that's, that's what we have to think about a Mac is it's not, people are not technical at all, even in mm. the slightest. They don't understand how any of it works. They don't have to, they don't care. They want to sit down, open the lid, and just start using it. And that's where Mac is absolutely flipping brilliant. And they want it to talk to their watch or their phone or whatever the hell else, you know, their TV. Uh, And that's what Apple has figured out that no one else can quite get in touch with is that just people don't care. They couldn't care less. They're the only company that works backwards. And it's it's amazing. They start with the user experience and work yep. backwards. Nobody yep. else does that. And I don't right. know why, because if you're trying to attract users, it's how you have to start. When you start with the developer and work forward, you're going to end up with really <laughs> clunky, <laughs> ugly software because yeah. developers are not always, sometimes they are, user experience designers. Let's face it, user experience and UI design is a it's a art form and a voodoo and a you know it's a its own thing and very very few people are good at it. It's just true. I mean, I worked with a, a woman who was exceptional at it. She you know was at Carnegie Mellon and like just was one of those people who just could tear apart things and you look at something every day, like Notepad in Windows, every day for 20 years, and you never even see what it really is. And then she would sit here and look, go, look, look at this, and look at this, and look, and you go, wow, you're right. And yeah. So there, and- that level of, of, you have to, it's a whole different way of thinking. Like, so yeah, of course, developers can't do it. Almost nobody can do it. So it's not fair to think that developers can, but you're absolutely right. You start from what do you want to give someone who sits down in front of this and then, you know, go the other way. Yeah, so. and I think I think so, Gnome has tried to do this. this yeah, this I was, is I was why, exactly going to say that. This is why everybody in Linux, well, okay, this is why loud people in Linux do not like Gnome because they have attempted 
to try and whittle down the desktop. And everybody said, well, they're just taking away choice. Kinda, yeah, because there's too much. And if you want to just stick it in front of somebody and let them get to work, then that's what you have to do. Right. And you look at something like KD Plasma, which they've spent the last, what, three years or so, four years maybe, going through and cleaning up all these rough edges, right? And admittedly, it's much better today for it. For that effort, that effort made a huge difference, and you know they publish their findings and their fixes, and like they really engage people, and I think that's built a lot of fans for them. But you ask any normal person to sit down in front of Plasma and start using it, and ask them to go into that control panel and ask them to do the most simple things, and it will blow their. They will not <laughs> take to it. It's too much. It's for us as technical people or technically minded people, you may, you don't have to be an IT person. You you see that as like possibility. Hmm. Look at the tool. It's a box of Legos. Look at the, I can do anything with this. It's amazing. And you said any other normal person <laughs> that isn't of that mindset, and they just, they gloss over. They're like, I don't even know when I, my wife's one of those people who thinks she's going to break it, right? Like, I don't want to touch oh, well, that. I don't, it, that's a I big mean, thing we're, right we're talking specifically about plasma? She would like, it, and it would be prop, and it would be proper broken too. Like, like I've broken every single installation I've ever had. Yeah, me too. Hey, you talk about <laughs> Majit's talking about making it look like Mac OS and all that, and I've tried to do the same thing every single time. I'd get you know twenty steps into like something would just crash, break the well, panel would. Like the global up, like, the global menu thing that you tried to accomplish, yep. like it'll yep. work for the first thirty minutes, and then yeah. and then something else happens, and all of yeah. a sudden the global menu is gone, right? And you're like, wait a minute, where to go? Yeah, <laughs> and I, and I, again, I'm not. This is not ever meant to be a rail against <laughs> the developers. Like th- these are all specific use cases that you know commercial companies spend millions of dollars and focus groups and. UX people and like, I mean, to get that right is not easy. And, you know, it it takes a lot of effort. And that's why when people start saying, well, distros are irrelevant, that's why distros are still important because they're the people that are doing that work. They're the ones that are putting a polish on something. Hey, if you want to go with a default install of XFCE or Cinnamon or, you know, Plasma or Gnome and have zero polish on it, be my guest. You're going to have to do some work to get it to where you want it to be, probably. I mean, there are some people out there that use things vanilla, but not a lot. And when I go into a distro where I see that they've done some work on saving me some time, like that's the value, right? So. But, you, but there has to be a balance between that and limiting the user. So that was my issue when I was using Mac OS or iOS in that some of the things that I wanted to do, I was not able to do because Apple had decided that we're doing things this way. Well, and, I think- and, that, and that might work for most people. I'm not denying that. It probably does work for 98% of people, but it didn't work for me. And so that whole thing of subjectivity comes back into it is what is it in my workflow that I feel is the way that I want to work on these devices. I think the, the, Goog- the-, the GNOME developers would argue that uh, every single option you give people is a bit of code that you have to maintain. And in time, it turns into a, a game of fools because you're, 
you're putting a lot of man hours into maintaining a uh, some feature or some option that is only really appealing to a small number of people, but yet it has its fingers, it has its tentacles and so many things in the system that it has to be looked after and maintained, you know, just as much as everything else. And so for GNOME, they would say that they would rather uh, give you a coherent system that makes sense to them, I guess, and to the people that enjoy using it, and be able to maintain uh, a desktop that will work exactly the way it's intended to work, uh, because they... That's the that's the word intentional, right? Yeah. Intent. It's not let's try something and and listen. Experimentation is another reason I love distros because you have some off the wall distro doing some wacky thing and you think, yeah, that's bizarre. And then you actually try and you think, oh, okay, that's actually a cool idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. Six months later, a year later, it's in some other major distribution, and that that's beautiful. Like that. But at the same time, someone something like GNOME where it's like. I have to hope that every time they make a change, it's intentional. There was somebody who put some thought behind it and said, you know, we're not doing this to piss people off. We're going to, you know, this might break things or whatever, but it's something we need to do to carry forward this ideal, this concept, this, you know, whatever it is. And I, maybe I'm, you know, foolish for, for, th you know, giving them that much credit. Maybe that's not that intentional, but I, I cer it certainly feels that way. No, I think it, it is. I, I think it is. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> but going back to uh, Mac OS really quickly, uh, I think people don't give it enough credit for how extensible it is. Everybody looks at Mac OS and looks at the desktop and says, this cannot be changed. But it is not true. You can get into the App Store and you can add things the same way that you can with GNOME and extensions. The the same type That's of true. extensions that you can that that you can add in GNOME, the same but types do you of have things a that you can do around around the changing around the hundred uh, percent. It's part of the App Store. You just go right in, search for what you want, and you can find the type of extensibility in the App Store that you're looking for. If if yeah, you Leo, want that app, uh oh, here it comes. Leo, they expect <laughs> you to pay money for it. Oh, I was just now say. that is the cardinal <laughs> sin. <laughs> That is the cardinal sin. Eric hit the nail on the head. Actually, if I had to laugh because uh, Majid, was, I forget what you guys were talking about. It might have been on Mintcast instead of here, and I'm getting confused now. But it it was like, how do you get around pay? Oh, it was your um, storage. You were looking for cloud storage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how much you had to pay for this versus that. And like, and it was just funny because we're all of that mindset, like, you know, it should $2. Be for free. What? Yeah. $2? Are you crazy? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I think that is an unwritten rule uh, yeah. of of the majority that use Linux is that everything that you get should be for free. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is that is the root of a lot of the problems that we suffer yeah. today in yep. Linux. Well, why isn't this the way that it that that it should be? Because nobody's paying for it, and it'll get done when it's done. But yeah. you complaining about it on the internet is not going to help. Maybe Listen, I, you giving them $10 will help. I think if anybody stepped back and looked at the totality of open source software, at the, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, preeminent applications and, and, you know, the stalwart sort of things of, of open source. And yeah, those projects attract a lot of people. They also attract a lot of funding in most cases. But you also see these cases where there's this really fundamental little piece of technology that, you know, 
essentially it's just some guy, you know, yeah. or and not to be like, just somebody, right? Uh, that's doing this really important work. And why? You know, because they need it most likely, or it's something that they've look at the guy who worked on Vim for thirty years. Yeah, like Abram- I'm sorry, Mulanar, I don't know his name, right? but like you know, Mulanar. It's like, uh, why did he do that? He didn't. He certainly didn't make any money. <laughs> you know, um, he, he was but, he was scratching his own itch. He was solving a problem right. for himself, and it just happened to also solve everybody else's problem too. As long as you yeah. knew where the escape key was. <laughs> again, again, I think it's to do with the balance of it. Is it's absolutely. I I also have no problem with paying for software. You know, you or paying for services. You know, somebody has to do it, and you know, I can't. I can't expect everything to be free and on a plate for me. I think the if we're going to go talking about Apple, the endless commercialization that they have, where everything is. 15 20 bucks you know i think that does rub people up the wrong way sure. and you're kind of and you're kind of like okay it's fine but like like the like the courage pour you know like when they got rid of oh the, sure yeah the 3.5 <laughs> millimeter head, head, head and it looked man if they just said right look the reason we want to do this is because we want more people to buy bluetooth headphones that's fine i would I, yeah you but know, that's that not been... good marketing though <laughs> yeah right. wow courage was marketing and I think we can all agree on that. But how many phone manufacturers today have a 3.5 millimeter? Jack? I know they do. I know they exist. But what is their what is their market share? What is it's, that phone's market? That company's market share? It's Google not, it's not Pixel. About, it's not about what? the market share. Which one though? per se? It's a it's a five five A. <laughs> it's okay. the last one. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 what I've what I've realized actually, it's about not so much the market share. It's about the market in which you're selling it, right? So, uh, for example, in in India, you know, we, you you know, a lot of these Xiaomi, Redmi phones, Oppo, budget two hundred, three hundred buck phones, they all have expandable storage and uh, three point five millimeter headphone yeah. jacks. Why? Because people yep. there are so price sensitive that they can't afford to spend another hundred bucks to double the storage, right? And they can't buy the Bluetooth earbuds, you know, and they will have wired phones. So those that category of phone in that market because that's what sells they still have those features in the in the developed world shall we say where people do have the disposable income that they can spend seven eight hundred thousand bucks on a phone right whether it's by contract or as a thing they're more than likely going to be able to afford um uh you know some good bluetooth earbuds earbuds, yeah yeah so there's no point engineering that into your solution because it's never going to be used i mean as as someone who uh for a lot of my phones i used to buy i used to have a thing oh i need to buy one with a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack and then i realized after a while when was was the time that i actually used this i don't actually use it that often and then when back when 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 i started getting bluetooth earbuds and then going down that rabbit hole because that's one hell of a rabbit hole of you know buying this one and that one and active noise cancelling and this and the sony's do this and there's this codec and whatever see and Uh, that's why apple makes that hardware so you do not have to think about it and people buy that hardware readily and and i think so so what you're driving at is that in in whatever market it is companies will make the choice 
that makes them the most money, but mm-hmm. also that their customers will tolerate. That's mm-hmm. that's it. That is the yeah. that is the algebra. That is the calculus of the situation. If the customers will tolerate it, and we make a lot of money doing it, let's do it. I think, it, especially the courage, Jack, was one of those. You, you got to push a little to get people to change to to realize that Bluetooth is actually the better choice. Believe it or not, and, and I was forever just like, I can't believe they got rid of those jacks. Like, not for now, phone on a calls, tablet device, but I agree. on a tablet, on a laptop like i still think there it has its place because if you're doing professional audio and stuff like you probably want some better setup than a blue bluetooth head, headset but you know i did the same thing with it i bought a bunch of them and i'm cheap so i bought the like the 20 to 50 dollar ones and i found ones that i absolutely love they last for like six hours on a single charge and i i do all of my podcasting all of my listening of any any kind now uh, on this single set, and when they break, I'll buy another one. And you know, for fifty dollars, they you know they're perfect. And I don't have a cord hanging off my head, so yeah. I can do dishes, and you know, I can I can be mobile, and and it's not tugging anymore. The last time I had to wear wired headphones, it felt awful, and I was like, okay, I, there I'm sold. I'll never need another jack on my phone again you know and, so, it's, in- I, but I, and it's interesting that we feel you know since we're talking about courage ports the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack has still always existed on all the macbooks and yeah, and even right. and the macbook airs right. even yep. when we were getting rid of everything and you just had two usb c's you still had a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack because as you say in that scenario in that you know um uh, uh for that use case it made sense and it makes sense, so that's why they do it. It's not like they've got an ideological problem against. They might say that they do, but they don't. It's like Leo said. It's about how to make the most amount of money. For I mean, a while look, there, I, the, I think I think under Johnny Ives, they had pushed a little too far on the skinny, you know, thin yeah. and light. Oh, they, they did. They, they kinda, came back on that. Really, oh, yeah, and they, they came did. back didn't they? as yeah. soon as he was gone. And I and that tells you that they just pushed a little too far. And that's okay yeah. because, I mean, that's what they were doing and they were very successful at it. But I I feel like when they went down to two, you know, USB-C, that was a lit in the dongle life and all that silliness. Like, And I, I'm like that now. I have my laptop has a USB-A and a USB-C dongle <laughs> to, yeah. so that I could plug in all my stuff. But, uh, you know, USB-C is just the superior port. It just is. Oh, you know, yeah. You can so- do everything with it. Even on the framework that I'm on right now, I have four. Yeah. I, I'd like I filled up all the little um, bits with USB Cs. There's four of them on there, but I still have to hang a dongle off it. There is not a yeah. single laptop in this entire world that would satisfy me. That that, that yeah. would ha- with with the amount of ports that I would need to be able to do what it is. Well, it would probably be some kind of insane gaming laptop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It would be the Framework 16 or yeah, 50, but, whatever but, the big one is. Six. But actually, you know what? That kind of goes back to your point, Leo, about, you know, people want to be able to get things for free, as it were, right? Yeah. It's like, well, most people don't necessarily need a VGA port and an Ethernet port and a HDMI port and, you know, two USB-As and a USB-C on their device. Because um, I remember getting really pissed off, like, why should I have to buy a £15 dongle just so that I can plug in my HDMI? And then after a while, you're like, what, what was I worried about? 
just yeah. 15 it's just 15 quid and I actually i don't use it all the time i don't right. always connect my laptop up to my television you know and for the if times they... that i want to do it it's great oh my god there's so many that's that so many usb c's it's like a bunch of french fries that is there's it's, an it's... apple fanboy right there with no th- this is framework stuff get out of here <laughs> oh, man okay. these yeah. are all the little framework inserts so oh, but, oh, okay but this is this is it this is the linux of laptops though it's that you right. can make it exactly the way that you want. If you want a DisplayPort and an HDMI for some crazy reason, you can have that. And two yeah. USB-Cs on the other side. You can do, um, I mean, what, what do I got? I got USB-As. I've got the, the micro <laughs> SD card slot. They're coming out with a full-size SD card slot that I'll probably buy too. Um, DisplayPort, this is, this is a, um, a 200 gigabyte SSD. That fits directly oh, wow. to the laptop, right? They make the one terabyte version too. I'm sure two terabytes coming soon, and then HDMI. Um, but I still, I still have a dongle for DisplayPort sticking out of it because I feel like it's kind of annoying to have to undo the USB-C to put the DisplayPort in when I yeah. have a USB-C DisplayPort one, and I can just eh. well. And also, if you're sitting at, at the same space all the time and it's literally just plug and unplug, like what yeah. you do, right? Yeah. If you have and, to carry that crap around with you, that's when it gets annoying. Yeah, and that's that's uh, y'all were talking about the three point five millimeter jack, and then you have to make a choice, but you don't. Like these headphones, if you if you dig headphones, uh, these headphones I can detach right here, and right now it's three point five mil because it is superior. But the moment that I want to become mobile, I don't unplug from the the you know the uh, the source side. I unplug from right here and then flip yeah. on the Bluetooth switch, yeah. and it connects to my phone, and I walk that's away. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these are my Sony WXM fours, whatever thing fours, the ones that regularly come on the top of best headphones or whatever. I got it on a deal, and the and I use them like that if I go to the gym or if I go out. But if I want to do this, you know, this kind of stuff, plug it in and just yeah. use it as a analog uh, headphone. Yeah, Bill. Are you yes. okay? You haven't yep. said a word in like 10 I know. minutes. <laughs> I, know. I don't give a shit about Mac. <laughs> We're talking about headphones, Bill. Keep up. This is, I mean, this is wait, 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 wait. We're having philosophical conversations about UX and UI design. Mac is a case study. It's <laughs> so, not what we're actually talking about. Well, when it comes to headphones, like my phone does not have a headphone jack, which. How dare I, you? I, How dare you? Came to no, he has the courage, man. He has the courage. That's what well, it is. You can get. I've got uh, USB-C headphones. You know, instead of buying uh, the regular headphones, you buy USB-C headphones, and I found them to be the exact same price. And I got a little Y adapter to where I could plug those in and uh, plug a charger in at the same time if I needed to. Most of the time, you know, just hooking them up Bluetooth is because you you've got. You've got just as much availability of, you know, the little bits and pieces you might need, you know, if you need Bluetooth headphones. It's not like you have to order them straight from Samsung because nobody makes Bluetooth headphones. So I I never really, I understood kind of the, you know, the their philosophy behind or their reasoning behind removing these things just to make space for uh, other components and that, you know, or at least that's what they say or they would say. Yeah, um, they didn't, but that's beside the point. Right. I mean, it was one of those things like, well, you know, honestly, that is one less place dirt can get into and bugger up the whole system, you know, I suppose. Um, 
But it's just, I, I felt like, yeah, you know what? Headphone jacks. I remember having a headphone jack on my Walkman. I used to walk around my hometown with, you know, the, you know, remember these things? You'd had to have a shoulder strap for them. Yeah. Because they, they would weigh down your pants, you know. So that's been around. That's kind of the old hat, you know. I I just kind of choose to get on with it, I suppose. And yeah, I think the that's world... the majority of people too, right? I, I yeah. think most people will trade uh, quality for convenience every single time. Because that is quality to them. The convenience is the right. quality. Right. Yeah, I fought against a, a big phone for a long time because traveling and having to put this thing in my pocket. And I just, I really I'll, enjoy no, I'll having... die on that hill. Small phones. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> always loved like the SE sized phones were like perfect you know that, i had a five that, that's the tech yeah. reviewers um delusion you know that everybody wants a small phone when in reality i mean because i agree with you actually eric you know i you know i for a long time i didn't want a big phone either but that's not what the um you know if you if you analyze sales and if you analyze what sells it's cheap big screens that's what I think sells. it's because so many people use their phone exclusively. Um, I mean, and you said it's gener- I think I think gener- generationally there is some impact. So my daughter has a 17-inch used, albeit ancient, Dell Inspiron, but it's 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 a great computer. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It has Ubuntu on it, and like, whoop do you do? And she, but she has a tablet, and she also has a phone. She will gravitate towards different devices for different activities, but almost always towards a handheld device and almost never with their computer, only if she absolutely has to. So, um, so you watching them, her and my wife use their mobile devices and, you know, and my, my wife was the same way. She fought against this bigger screen, but because she uses it all the time, I, I started talking, I was like, why, why don't you want a bigger screen? Because I mean, you, you're always on your phone and so now that she has a larger screen, I think, I, again, just like with taking the headphone jack away and me now using Bluetooth, when at first I was just like, this is bullshit, you know, like, <laughs> I, I think you just sort of go with, you know, someone else has put some thought into this and maybe that's a good idea and maybe the waterproofing or whatever other excuse they come up with to, you know, take something away. And I think that's it, right? Anytime they take something away, it just feels like, even if you didn't use it, even if you don't care, all of a sudden it becomes like, How dare they yeah. take this thing away without asking me first? Yeah, right. they, didn't, exactly. they didn't ask me if I was using this. And they took minute. it for me. They took it away and they raised the price by $100? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Hold on. You know? the, the, I think the, the crux of the issue, though, is that you don't have to pay that because they didn't take it away from you because the phone you still have has the jack that you want because you bought the phone you wanted the first time. And then yeah, but- the only one they took it away from is the one that you want to upgrade to, and that only becomes a problem. Yeah. It only becomes a problem in the Android ecosystem, at least in mobile, because they're supported for like 18 months. Oh, support they've is better, better now. Come on, support is a lot better. It's gotten now. a lot better yeah, than better. it was. But it, oh, he, he makes a good point. How long have they though. been? How long did it take them to get to the point yeah. where support is? Fine. I think it was yeah. Project Treble that enabled the ability to keep pushing uh, patches, yeah. patches, you know, because it's a separate layer. They finally wore down the manufacturers, is what happened, yeah. and Snapdragon finally relented. That was that's why it. Uh, right. But 
I mean, you say what you want about Apple, man. But the control of the hardware means that those phones will last until you throw them in the river. Yes, that's true. And that's true. all their products will. I and mean, that's exactly I, what I would do. <laughs> and it'll still be supported in the water. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think, you know, to Majid's point about people, you know, needing a communication device versus... Like the Western devices are status symbols. They are fashion. They are, you know, whatever you want, however you want to describe it. They're, they're form first and function second in a lot of cases. Why in the hell else would you make something that you carry around out of glass? It's stupid. That's, it's <laughs> interesting you bring that up because every time I have a conversation with somebody, you know, maybe tech, maybe not, and they're thinking, well, you know, look to the future. We won't even have these phones. We'll have like uh, what Iron Man's got where you've got everything like a uh, hologram Projected image. Out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't know because these phones have become at least as much about the fashion of carrying these things around, you know, as they have the function. And I think for normal people, the, you know, their phone is just one more thing they wear. And I'm not even sure people have uh, realized how much, you know, the, the, they buy a phone based on how it looks or they get or at least they'll get the. Oh, yeah. For I, mean, it. I mean, like the, that's the reason I see a lot more of the Samsung flip phones nowadays yeah. you know and i see people who were like oh this looks amazing well it's nearly always women you know who are always like oh it looks amazing this oh look at it it opens and it closes and it opens and it closes and i can put it in my handbag and this that and look it looks so sexy and you kind of like okay i mean if that floats your boat great but you see that's what it is you see it's that it's the style of, and you know mm. the 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 fact that it looks cool and whatever um Personally speaking, I, if I ever wanted to get a foldable, I'd get maybe like the Z Fold type, you know, where it's, you know, it fold, uh, folds out into like a tablet size. But yeah. obviously there's a market for these flip phones because people are buying them. People are and upgrading. It's really, it's really the only selling point that they've got at this point because the phones have been proper powerhouse devices for quite a few years now. Like my, I think my Note 10 Plus is i think it came out in 2017 or 2018 and i've got no plans on replacing it because it's 2019 still, 2019 okay well see that that is a lifetime that's an eternity in terms of tech but mm -hmm. yet this device has got 12 gigs of ram 512 gig of storage built in and uh eight cores i think at least eight cores you know so in terms of its usability and its power, you know, they they really don't have that to yeah th to there's sell them by anymore. Yeah, th there's certain phones I found people really hold on to. I'm talking about in the Android space that people really hold on to. Even people who are techies. One is that uh, the the Galaxy Note 10 and its variants. I find a lot of people have kept on hold of that. The OnePlus Six and Six T. I remember back in 2017, you know, discussing with a cousin of mine. And he was like, I'm looking for a new phone. And I went, oh, this new OnePlus is, they're really good and whatever. He still got it. There's uh, two doctors at work I know who I remember talking to him about. And they've still got it because it does everything they want them to do. If they want to do with it, you know, including the watching media, playing games and all this kind of stuff. They just don't see the need to upgrade. 
Well, it's, that's a good point. Like, what is the differentiator at this point? Like, when there's a new model of phone beyond camera, that's about like, all they lean on. That's with all these. that's left. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. And and I will say that, that is life, definitely maybe. a differentiating factor because my wife has had the S twenty and S twenty one now, and though the, her camera is nowhere near as good as the Pixel camera, like it just isn't. And and it's not it's not that hers is bad. It is when you compare it, but if you're just looking at it on its own merit, it's perfectly fine. But like any kind of adverse condition, poor lighting, uh, weird bunches of people, like where it's not trying to pick out a face, like it just, the the camera in the Pixel is, and truly I don't like anything else about, well, the, the camera and the call screening, if you have this, it has a, a, a nice yeah, Google Yeah, the call screening is brilliant. Screen. Yeah, it's it saves me every I, I don't have to answer any I, since i've had this i don't deal with spam call ever not never um so that that those two things but i mean to that point like if this thing just keeps getting updates which it's supposed to get updates for the next three years i think two or three years like i have absolutely zero incentive to replace it unless i cared about having and i think the android world is much less about that like the new like, I guess some people might care. Like, if, if well, I they, was... they a, wouldn't keep putting them out year over year if people didn't care. Yeah. I think I it's mean, just I as think much about the new. Yeah. They, they I do. Guess. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I cycle through phones every six to nine months, I'm not, I'm, which is terrible. But do terrible. you get new phones or no? Yeah, generally I do. Okay. See, that's... I don't, I don't buy new I've phones. I've never bought a new phone. <laughs> I Well, I have, but then I regretted it. <laughs> yeah. And then... And I go to Swappa, you know, that's that's the marketplace yeah. here. And I, someone had just mentioned a different one in the UK. Um, but Computer anyway, exchange. Like, yeah, I mean, why would I buy a brand new phone for $1,000 when I could buy it next year for 350 Oh, yeah. It just oh, yeah. doesn't make any sense, you know? That's because, but that's because a lot of people are buying these things on payment plans and contracts and interest yeah. free credit and stuff yeah. like that and then it's less of a uh, a hit outlay you know, up front. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mo most people aren't buying and but the ones who do buy outlay like that are, as i said often don't change you know they're still using the same there was an interesting article you know you're talking about differentiators there was an interesting article by uh juan carlos bagnell he's some gadget guy on youtube um about you know, he's fantastic. I mean, he used to work for Pocket Now, and then he went. Okay. He, became, he became independent. Anyway, he um he did this article saying that 2019 was peak smartphone. It was the time mm. when there was real kind of you know everything uh you know features were in getting it was increasing. There was lots of excitement. People were doing more and more interesting things. That was the year that Samsung Dex came out. You know the mm. you know the kind of uh, laptop laptop or desktop style up you know uh, yeah, layer flawed. that they've he got. Might, he might be wrong. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I use no, it he, all the time. No, the point about I, that I is use it too. Yeah, mm. the point about it is that a lot. The reason after 2019, the thing that a lot of features started getting taken away, or not even not so much taken away, but not developed. You know, Android could. Had it, you know, there were there were at least three manufacturers with separate desktop modes in 2019. Yeah, now really it's just basically Samsung Dex. I know Motorola have got one, but who buys a Motorola? You know, um, so 
and other you know other kinds of things that they would have like you know iris scanners i remember the note 9 had an iris scanner you know that was their way of biometric uh, authentication um that has slowly disappeared nobody even talks about it you know the galaxy note as a as a separate category disappeared now you have yes you the yeah, the ultras are basically the same thing but it's under the s branding isn't it the s22 ultra the s23 ultra you, you know note 20 was the last one so the a lot what's happened is that there are few it's it's got that uh, law of diminishing returns people are manufacturers are putting new things into these phones but they're not kicking off they're not becoming the next big thing so they're slowly quietly um you know withdrawing them and you know pulling support well, maybe, for it maybe they're just they are becoming or have become appliances like i mean who who looks at beyond very basic things like a television like how many separate features and i mean a lot of it is just going to come down to price, size. I mean, it's going to be just like basic features, right? Around like what an average person is going to pick out for a television or a refrigerator or a anything. And maybe that's just sort of what this technology has become is that yeah, literally I think everyone, that, I, I think you, talk about, you talk about saturation. You know, I, I look at it. So I, I spend a lot of time around older people by being in medical facilities so often. And five years ago or eight years ago, like when I first got sick, um, almost nobody had phones out, you know, like the younger people, you know, maybe, but like, you know, the older generation would be reading a book or like, you know, just doing something else. Now today, almost everybody, and this isn't even an, an exaggeration, literally almost everybody, regardless of age or anything has, are staring at a phone, you know? And it's like, okay, literally everyone now has a smartphone. I mean, yes, I, I'm... That's an exaggeration, but it's it's got to be pretty damn close at this point. I think point. you're I think you're pretty much right on with that because the the phone come along and it broke all of the rules of like, you know, certain things being associated to certain demographics or certain age groups, what have you. And the phones not only is the good things about the phones uh seeming seemingly prolific across all of the demographics the bad things as well i'm on the road all day long and i see you know it you'd be shocked to see how many people are texting and driving or oh, just scrolling th doom scrolling while they're yep. driving and and there is no <laughs> the, the there's no age there, group to that either right well, hold on hold on though like you could say the same about the TV, right? Like the differentiator isn't the phone. It's the app they're using to do the thing. So there are differentiators. You just can't see them because they're using it on their screen. So you would see the younger generation using TikTok and things like that. And you would see the older generation using Facebook. But they're doing the same thing, obviously. Yeah. But there are yeah. differentiators there. It's just we're all staring at the glass. Yeah, but, but, but it's not differentiators that you can market. Oh, you sure can. You market TikTok all day long. No, no. What I mean is that you don't sell a phone by saying this is a phone that's great for TikTok. Oh, no. Not well. No, yeah, right. you well, kind of do because cameras. Yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, like, if for example. If you're a creator. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, you know. Yeah. And how many people are creators, really? I mean, Facebook tried making a phone. Amazon tried making a phone. It all went to pot, didn't it? <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. um, well, yeah, you know, because they were trying to make a Facebook phone yeah. instead right. of just a phone right. that could run Facebook. <laughs> you see the difference there? Yeah. <laughs> the, it's slight. It's slight, but it's there. Right. 
How about a phone well, that just runs Mozilla? That just runs Firefox? It how about literally a phone runs that runs on existed. That <laughs> how about a phone that runs worked. Linux? Huh? Ah, yes. So I listened with great interest to the last uh, Mincast, actually, and going through Linux on uh, uh, mobile devices, because it's something that I've wanted to dabble into. The The thing that stops is, and Leo's going to like this when I say it, the apps. The issue is the, firmware. the application. You know, yeah, having... because nobody wants a phone. Nobody wants a phone. Every, anything can do phone. I've got, you can, you can plug in a physical phone over here and get phone. But nobody wants phone. They want apps. And, yeah. you know, you WhatsApp. Can, can, can we run WhatsApp, native WhatsApp, on the GNOME, Fosh, whatever? Can we run TikTok on it? Can we, any of that, and any of that. Right. And, you know, I think the only way that that's going to happen in the short term is kind of like, and Microsoft did it too late to have the ability to run I Android miss apps. them. They were good. They were pretty good, man. When they when they opened up the ability to run Windows mobile apps as well as Android, those phones were actually pretty good. Yeah. They really were. But it was too little too late. Yeah, know? it was too it was late. Just, yeah. And so I could see that being a potential <clears throat> means to sort of bridge that gap where you could have, you know, a, a virtual machine or however, you know, whatever the technology would be, container, you know. Yeah, I mean, yada, a couple yada. did do that. I mean, a couple did, do do that, don't they? Is it Selfish that does that? And there's a couple of others that have like, you can run Android Box with it and stuff like and, that. Android and Box, but yeah, and, I think And Box has kind of fallen to the wayside. Perhaps yeah. the, the downside to doing stuff like that though is the overhead. You have to have a yeah, faster you, phone to get the same. You performance got another layer of abstraction phone. between the, yeah, yeah, and the interface running it natively. Yeah, right. And you so you're gonna have you know probably less perform you know more less performance, less battery life, you know, it's all around going to be a, a probably overall worse experience from that perspective, except that then maybe having, see, and this, this is the thing, like would having Linux on a phone device really make a difference? Like, it, is it going to matter? Like you're going to already be no. looking at, a, you no. know, so really th the thing I came to and what I was really trying to accomplish is, Linux on a tablet device because that to yeah. me I think is sort of that's where it sort of bridges the gap between a full laptop or a phone and you can use a tablet as as a, a media device but you can also do some work on it if it's powerful enough and if the software allows you to do it and so all you got to do, do is log into Google Drive or Office 365 and do <laughs> all your work <laughs> so so did you get a device then uh, Eric. Oh, I almost bought that Star Labs uh, Starlink. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I figured out. So okay, it was four something, right? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> just under five hundred. So if yeah. you took that device, and it was fun. The specs on it were good without really changing anything. Um, but then if you want the keyboard, it was another hundred dollars. Yeah, and 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 then it ended up being close to seven hundred dollars when it was all said and done. And I'm like, nah. Yeah, no, can't do so, it. So, so the one, the one that I would recommend is something that I've done, which is um, uh, these Lenovo Mix series, which are basically Surface clones, and I was able to get one two hundred bucks, eight gigabyte, um, uh, two fifty six gig, uh, gig SSD, uh, eighth generation Core i five, came with the 
uh, came with the keyboard. I bought the pen separately, and then uh, I put um, I put Ubuntu on it. And you know, uh, as a touch interface, GNOME is fantastic. I think. You know, and, I always uh, assumed when that first came out, I always yeah, assumed it that it was that was the original intent. Because if you remember, yeah. GNOME three came out round about the same time as the Metro interface. Yeah. I actually, I actually, I actually remember writing an article for. Oh, there used to be a website I used to contribute to, Cool Smartphone, in the UK, and uh, I actually wrote uh, an article because I'd had a at that time I'd bought a Lenovo Yoga, and I thought let mm -hmm. me try putting uh, Ubuntu on it, and I put Ubuntu on it, and I was it, it was a convertible, and I was just like mm -hmm. this is fantastic, this works brilliantly. So I even wrote an article about it. I don't know if many people read it, but. <laughs> yeah, I I always thought that GNOME was designed to be the, you know, it can be used as a tablet, as a convertible, as a touch or with a keyboard, uh, etc. I mean, I mean, to be honest, nobody's really won that game, really, because I mean, Microsoft tried and I actually think Windows 8, when it first came out as a touch uh, operating system was was quite decent actually if you, you if all you used was touch it was just the fact that if you wanted to use it as a normal computer it was horrendous you know um <laughs> well because they had no real window management well yeah, exactly yeah and you look and you see at the other end of the spectrum and at this end of the decade you know uh, apple with the ipad pros and the magic keyboards and you know touch first and you know they keeps what was that in stupid advert they used to have oh what's a computer flipping heck, you know with the girl typing away <laughs> on her ipad just annoyed the hell out of me but anyway because you uh, weren't the target market well no i wasn't no, the target yeah. market but but the point is have you ever has anybody actually tried that has anybody tried that as an experiment got an ipad pro with the keyboard and tried to do stuff like that it doesn't work well. The it problem does. is... It does. It depends well, on what you're trying to accomplish. Exactly. Because I've got one sitting right over there. And depending on what I need to do in the day, I don't have to open up the Mac. So I just got a uh, Samsung Galaxy Tab SA Plus. So it's the 12 and a half inch. Mm -hmm. um, Android and Samsung is sort of, you know, with their one UI has made a lot of Changes, good changes, I think, in my opinion, to Android. So if you're using it in tablet mode, um, you can, you know, put Windows side by side. You can even do like three or four Windows split. And <clears throat> depending on what you're doing, like that's fine, but it doesn't, it's still small. It's still clunky. Like you can't really work, work on it. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of, you and know, again, look no, at I, your email and it's, it's, it's really weak. And yeah. so that's where Dex really transforms that thing. So you turn on DAX and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's like a computer now. And so, so it, if I- It's that point of workflow again, because we've got that workflow. We've got <clears throat> that way of doing things, isn't it? That we're used to doing it in that sense. And DAX helps with that. Well, but I mean, okay. So I, I'm doing a lot of stuff. So I, as I complained on the last, on Mintcast, like the thing that, no mobile operating system has is a full desktop class browser. And I, and I need that for what I do. And so that's where like, it just fails me because uh, it just doesn't exist. Unless I were to use Chrome OS on a capable enough device, which again is still going to be more expensive probably than I'd want to spend for that type of device. But then you'd have to use Chrome. 
<gasps> Chrome OS is not it. I, I did not dislike the not, software. Not OS. Chrome. Chrome well, itself. But yeah, you Chrome can install is Firefox. You can install Firefox in it. Yeah, but it's kind of like not always. It's that's kind of like going to a steakhouse and ordering, you know, the vegetarian. It's like what, what was the point? Yeah. The point is that it's a mobile operating system, or operating system that's lightweight enough to run on a less than, you know, sort of desktop class system, fanless. Let's just say fanless. That's yeah. pretty much the, the separating point, right? Does it need a fan? If it doesn't need a fan and it's still relatively performant, I think Chrome OS is actually not the worst option in the world. It's certainly Careful now. That, that differentiate, Mac has killed that differentiation now. You can yeah. get away well, with a MacBook Air and do professional work. Well, and and I'm not well, going to argue the fact. Yeah, go ahead. We got to wrap up here. <laughs> I, I, we could go on and on for hours, but three of us got to get That's over That's what to... two weeks from now is for. <laughs> yeah, all right, we will. All right. Yeah, I know. We got to get over to Roundtable. I got to retool all this stuff over for that. Um, but yeah, oh gosh, Majid, Eric, thanks so much for being on. You guys are thanks welcome. Thanks for inviting yeah, you guys are yeah. welcome every single episode because I think you guys really brought something special to the show. So um, anyway, uh, let us know what you think. You can comment directly on the website. Uh, we're on some of the socials. I've completely given up on whatever Twitter is passing itself off. <laughs> um, oh, I'm and, enjoying the self-destruction of Twitter. Oh, it's, it's just I'm loving it. It, it. it is not. I don't even... It's like you know, it, you know. I could overdose on Schadenfreude. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's Mastodon. Yeah, yeah. Mast we are we are on Mastodon, and I would like to get a little bit better use out of that. So yeah, hit us up on there. Email the show show at linuxotc.org. Uh, somebody will get back with you eventually. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna be back in two weeks. I hope. Um, until then, I've been Bill. I've been Magic Eric. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing that. <laughs> he's uh, he's been Leo. What a spoil sport. Uh, no way. Absolutely not. And we yeah, actually you did do it. He caught is you. A, it's yeah. on, on record accident. that you did. On yeah. accident. Yeah. And but yeah, nothing, but don't nothing worry. is it's, stopping me from taking it off of another one of the episodes. <laughs> there's yeah, only one. Yeah, there's yeah. only one. <laughs> or, or, or we could just say this is the artist formerly known as Leo. <laughs> ah, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take so. it. All right, kids. This is the most unwatching. unoriginal idea. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, folks.